What is going on, everyone? You have found the Mission Driven Made podcast where we equip and empower you with unfiltered fitness truth. On today's episode, Clayton and I start with a life section of the podcast. So we catch up here and then talk about things like cryptocurrency, Joe Rogan, and some of the best TV series that are out there right now. And also make sure you hang around for the second half of the show today, which is our fitness section, where we cover things like our opinion on HIT training, why we love Olympic weightlifters and coaches, and then also we finish with a Q&A for the day with the question of should you eat before training if you train early in the morning? So stay tuned for that. All right, everyone, enjoy the episode. Maybe just because we're more like little kids and get excited about it. That's what it is. And can't hold it in. Yeah, that's what it is. You and I, you and I have the enthusiasm gene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's that, that is so true. It's (laughs) like whatever it is. If I, you know, if I like it or we like it, it's like I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm reading about it. I want to talk about it. You could see that I'm excited. Like I'm the worst. You you could even ask Edlene, like when I'm surprising someone with something, Mm. like a, a gift or whatever it is. It's almost impossible for me not to tell the person I'm surprising. Like, yeah, dude, I'm, totally. it, it is horrendous. Like, Edlene will tell you when I proposed to her. Oh, my gosh. When was that? Like, almost six years ago. She she was like, oh, I knew you were proposing that weekend. She, <laughs> dude, no, check this out. Edlene literally said that Friday when she left work, she told all her coworkers, oh, uh, Jake's going to propose to me this weekend. <laughs> because <laughs> I guess I'm not really good at, you know, <laughs> I, like people can t- like – Here's the thing I got to make clear for people listening. I if someone says something in confidence to me or a secret like that's private, right. I don't go around and share that. But when I'm surprising someone, yeah. it is near <laughs> impossible for me to hold it in. I get too excited. Oh my gosh, that's just how I am, I guess. That's 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 that is one way. You know, we've talked about we talked about it in the last episode. And we're talking. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about as we go on how we are how we are different and how we're similar. And man, I'll tell you, that's one way that you and I are the same freaking person. Cause like, I just, and I and see, it, it seems it's like compared to the proposal, it's, 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 it's a whole different uh, playing field, but I got Dominica um, tickets for a, a concert uh, in June, June or July for, but for Christmas. And, uh, and it was like, it was like, man, it was like, it was like December 2nd. I was like, you know, it's like Ace Ventura when he's like he's oh, trying to keep his butt from talking. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh. like yeah. I held yep. it in though. I can't yep. tell you, dude. Like there were like four or five, four or five times when I like not even exaggerating, where I legit in my mind was like, "Be cool, guy." Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard. It feels like it, like I'm gonna burst. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> what What is that? I don't even know. Mm. Who knows? Enthusiasm is a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> Most importantly, are you watching Yellowstone? Okay, um, I saw your... I saw that in the notes, and I really I've I've been interested in checking it out. I'm a big fan. Well, there's a few like gun smoking stuff that I want to go back and watch from like you know back in the day. Anyway, though, that, I, my impression is that Yellowstone is kind of a continuation of that. Is that is that fair to say? Because Yellowstone's the new one, right? Yeah. So Yellowstone. Uh, essentially, I'm going to try to explain what Yellowstone is. And the last mm. time I tried to do this, I totally butchered it so <laughs> so it's basically so kevin costner 
he owns the Yellowstone, uh, the Dutton Ranch um, in Yellowstone, obviously. And so that's his land. They've had it for, I don't know, 100 years or a little bit longer. Like his family has owned that land for a while. Mm -hmm. So his land, it's kind of this fight in a way between him, the Native Americans that are on a reservation close by because it was initially their land, um, I Mm -hmm. believe. And then there is new developers that have come from probably California, I'm sure. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. But <laughs> Sounds about right. Come there, and they want to build a resort, and they want his land to be able to build a resort. So it's like mm. this three-way sort of war over this land. I guess that's the most simple way to put it. And Kevin Costner, in case you know, he's like my best friend because <laughs> we'll, we didn't really meet, but I saw him in person once at oh, uh, yeah? Pe- Pebble Beach when I was a kid. I saw him golfing, oh, nice. and he was terrible, but he was really funny. So that makes us like best friends. But yeah, dude, the it's the cute. show is off the chain. It is okay. so good. That one, and it just came out like this like a few months ago, didn't it? So the, the fourth season... Yeah, the fourth season just came out um, within the last like month or two months or however long ago it was. But the show started, I think it was in 2018. We okay. didn't start watching it until last year, though. So yeah, you you got to check it out. out. And if you do need another show, have you heard hmm. of 1883? No. Okay. So 1883 is the prequel for Yellowstone, and that oh, cool. just just came out like a couple weeks ago. Okay. So is, yep. is it is uh, different actors? Yes, uh, different actors. Um, what's his name is oh, actually three would be it would be held a time ago. I would like in the future, huh? You know who the the main actor in eighteen eighty three is? Uh, what's it? Tim McGraw? Interesting. I didn't even know Tim McGraw acted. Yeah, he. I, I've seen him in a, a couple things. Like he yeah. was in that Blindside movie, the football movie. Um, oh, I forgot. he was the husband, huh? Yep, he was yeah, the he was husband. Good so. as the husband. Yeah, so he he him. has some some roles uh, or whatever. I mean, I I know he's you know big and famous with his music. I don't personally listen to to country music, but like his role, he's doing really good in the in the role. And the show is awesome. So that's another one you have to check out in case you don't already have a really long list of shows that you have to check out. Um, I do, but I'm I'm adding it to the list. I always I have this list of shows, and then when somebody who's um you know whose opinion I. I mean, I, I hold – when somebody whose opinion I hold above the general, like, mentions something, then I'm like, it goes up on the list. You know what Heck I mean? Yeah, that's right. So, Love it. So what, what are you – are you watching anything good right now? Um, You know, I'm I'm so busy with everything that I'm doing that it's it's like I don't even have – like, when I put on shows, like, I'm, I'm watching, like, Dragon Ball Super when I'm going to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have – like, and, and even – I don't know if you've – I, I know you – like, cartoon – I don't think cartoons were ever your thing anyway, right? When I was a kid, but, like, yeah. like uh, Rugrats and then yeah. um, Rocket Power and th- those type – but, like, yeah, I was never huge into to cartoons, like, later on. So adult animation, adult adult animation has a lot has a real broad range nowadays of of kinds of material that they present and um, Dragon Ball Super is just about as um, simplistic and like uh, basic. Let's hit the hit the you know hit the tropes as it gets. Like you know, that's not even a really great way to say it. Basically, it just doesn't. It doesn't require any brain power. There's lots of like you know animation and you know animation shows where you're like you kind of got to pay attention. You got to follow the story. Like I'm on like let's click and uh, let's look at the pretty colors. So, like just because just because I'm like you know. So uh, as we've talked about off offline, um, my actually maybe we, I maybe I didn't even get into this too much. My the last. 
six months, I'd say, I guess it's a little bit more than that. Over the last year, it's been recovering from, you know, the pandemic because when the pandemic hit, actually, it's perfect because later on, I see on the notes, you asked about how personal training going. This is how it's going. Yeah, <laughs> the, let's hear it. The, yeah, tell uh, me about it. Earlier, er, so when when COVID hit, fuck, it took me out. Uh, yeah, throw a beep in there. Sorry. Uh, it took me out. Like took my business out. I had I I was I was just getting to the point where I was getting ready to quit my 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 day job. My night job is really what it was. I was working retail to make ends meet. Just about ready to quit retail, and um, COVID hit. All my business gone. Starting oh. back over from scratch. Um, oh my gosh. And uh, and so this has been a long process of building back. And it wasn't until I'd say probably about eight months or so ago when my business started to come back um, in any kind of real way. Well, maybe a little bit more than that, but you know, I'd say it's you know in the last year it's really been. Ooh, are we gonna Are we gonna make it? Are we gonna have to go and find more work, or yeah. are we gonna be able to make this work to you know pay for my living? You know, my and um, and in this last eight months a year, it's gone from you know one one client that actually ended up coming back from before to now I'm comfortable again, which is, yeah. you know, such a relief. Um, but the, I forget what, what the transition, cause there was a, there was the, there was a connection. The reason why I brought that up to begin with, you're asking. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember too. I got so excited about your personal yeah. training stuff. I don't even remember what we were talking about before. I think you're telling me about the show you're watching, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, about superpower. Or oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the point that it was talking about, like, so the, it's it's a, a real abstract, but the point being is that I am watching shows that are easy on my brain because now in this last eight months, my business has come back. And oh, like got it. The last couple months, like I've I've signed on for this podcast. I've um, started um, Thoughtful Movement and Fitness, which listeners uh, I will be talking about more as we go along. Uh, Thoughtful Movement and Fitness is is my um, my kind of, it's my brand. It's my catch all brand for um, my online training, my live streaming and my, um, my instructional videos. Um, so I've just been like, kind of going, 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 like I get up every day and I'm like, okay. And you know, you, you know what this is like, that's what you've been doing with this. Right. So, um, yeah, so my, my, my TV watching has been like, how can I help my brain not do work? Oh yeah. Just the the mindless (laughs) stuff that you go to sleep to basically. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so what Eileen and I do for the most part, like after we put uh, the kids down at night, we'll put on a show and we'll lay down and then fall asleep. Yeah, hopefully early. That That's what normally happens. And the best show for that, and I'm a bigger fan than you, sorry, <laughs> is The Office. That Dude, is, no way. No way you're a bigger fan than me. Especially if you've already you know seen it through. Like, after that, you already know the storyline, so you don't need to pay attention. You know, it's like something. It's funny though, because you wouldn't want to give the general recommendation to tell people to to watch stuff before bed, because sometimes it simulates people. Right. But literally, the office though, it's it's like the opposite effect. If you've already seen it, mm-hmm. you could just watch it and then fall asleep to it. So, Lean and I do that all the time. Dude, I, absolutely. I'm I'm right there with you. I actually, when when Netflix got rid of The Office, I went out and I got it. I bought the entire series on um, on iTunes because uh, it was for like thirty bucks, and everywhere else, everywhere else was selling for like a buck thirty, buck seventy, somewhere in that range. Dude, you got you, it for thirty bucks, dude. It streams. And, it on, streams on Peacock. I know. I feel like such a dummy when I realized <laughs> that. But at the same time, I was stoked about it because it's like now I've got it, and if they yeah. Peacock gets rid of it, but even though they're not gonna, because it's the like high, you know, this is the best, you know, 
highest watched show in the last 10 years, probably, you know, I think, I think longer, no, probably about 10 years. I bet if we'd have to look it up, but I know it's like way in by far the most watched show, like of all of them. The, the funny thing with the office too, I tell us to everyone. So when I ask people if they watch it, a lot of people said, Oh, I tried it. And I just didn't like it. <laughs> Here's the thing. So when my wife introduced me to watching the office, I had zero interest. I'm like, this show is going to be terrible. This <laughs> totally. show is going to be horrendous. She's like, no, just give it a chance. Which so it kind of is. I mean, it, it kind of yeah. is in the best way, right? <laughs> or, or, or especially like if you start from season one, mm-hmm. um, where it's a little bit slower, maybe even the beginning of season two, it's so slow. And I was like, I didn't think it was good. She said, no, give it a chance. So I, I was like, fine. And then after, I don't know, five, six, seven episodes, maybe even more, I was like, oh, no, I actually like this. And then it started getting better and better. But here's the thing, though. That's an issue. If you're trying to recommend a show for someone and tell, oh, yeah, just just watch 10 episodes and then it'll get good. That, that's a lot to ask for to, to like a show. But if anyone listening out there hasn't watched The Office, if you do give it a chance – it's really good. Mm. <laughs> and then maybe you can become a big fan like me, unlike Clayton over here. My partner, Dominique, and I talk about this fairly regularly, considering how old of a show it is. But that it's it's the first time you watch it, and it's such a watch show that people are going to be listening and be like, yeah, you're right. Like, first time you watch it for everybody, you're like, oh, my God, these people. Like what? Like they're so they're so bad. They're so dumb. They do the, like Michael Scott's is the dumbest, most insensitive, <laughs> especially now in 2021. Like you know, antiquated stuff. It's actually a perfect amount of time almost has passed to like you know make that yeah. make the the stuff that's not cool to say anymore even more impactful. <laughs> you know, it's a bit so funnier, true. even though it's worse. You know, the non PC stuff. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, but that first time you're like, Oh, it's just like, you're cringing the whole time. But once you get past that cringe, I feel the same way about it's all, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Have you watched it at all? I've seen a couple, but so I, I haven't, I never got past the threshold. I didn't, I wasn't like a, a huge fan. I could see, I could see how people like it, but the few episodes I watched, I was like, eh. Well, so similarly to the office, it's, it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, but it'll, it'll make more sense as I say. Um, so taking a step back, you go into, you, you know, start watching the Salt Sun in Philadelphia. It's basically half hour of four people sc- screaming at each other. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's yeah, all it really that. is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So four or four, then five people who are just like yelling at each other the whole episode and just being total pieces of shit. Um, and the, similarly to the office, I found, and I think that that's all Sun in Philadelphia. Most Sunny fans probably have found that first time you watch it, you're like, oh, or like the first few episodes, you're like, oh, and then similar to The Office, you get used to the quirks of the character and they start to have redeeming qualities. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and all of a sudden they're not, it's not just jackasses doing stupid things that are offensive. Now it's like, oh, they're people. They're just jackasses doing stupid things that are offensive. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's the thing with The Office is like, they're, they're, they're like, Michael Scott is such a dick, but then there are moments where it's like, oh, oh, he's actually good at his job. Or, you know, he's good at the sales part, right? Yeah. Oh, he's actually, you know, he's actually, he has the moments where he's like sane and respectful and, and kind. And then he's back to being an asshole. But, <laughs> right? But And that's the same thing in slightly different way with Sonny, except because with Sonny, it's like yeah. they're just being assholes. But if you take a step back and like look at it, yeah. what they're doing is the writers are, it's like South Park. The, the behavior is abhorrent, but 
in the expression of these these stories and characters, they're actually saying stuff about like society and the world at large. Yeah. And like, they're playing with both sides, which is the really impressive thing, right? Because, you know, it's, especially in today's world where you're like, you know, left doesn't want to talk to right and right doesn't want to talk to left. You know, when you have these materials <laughs> yeah. where like those two sides of us, which are part of all of us. And that's the thing that's crazy. And not to go into politics or all that, but like when we really get down to it, we're arguing about two sides of a self that we all have within us in some way, in some way, you know, we're talking about mm. kindness on one side and safety on the other. Right. Or, or let me say uh, giving, giving on one side, just say, you know, again, I don't want to get into politics or anything, but like, you know, one side is all about, you know, like giving all the money away and the other side is all about keeping the money for to right. be safe. Right. These are two sides of the same token that we need both sides of, you know what I mean? That, but people that are is kind of like, funny. Right. I, and yeah. So perfect example, as somebody who strays more left, it would be like, it's stupid like to like it's the people who are on the right who are armed who are the ones that are protecting my ability to say that i don't like guns as much you know what i mean so it's this huge you know but that but nobody nobody on either side wants i mean more most often people don't want to yeah have that nuanced conversation which is kind of why we're here right i mean yep. it's not about politics it's about fitness but right. the nuanced conversation that reveals the real truth and not just the bullshit that yep. is being shouted from one side or the other Dude, that reminded me, I can't remember if we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but how you just described it, that's what made me love Joe Rogan. Yeah. Not, oh, not yeah. for like anything specific. It's after I actually listened to him a few times. And even if we disagree on st- some stuff. Sure. So it's I, easy to disagree with Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, but like here's the thing. When he said this, it just clicked with me. He said, and tell me if I already told you this. He said, I don't feel like... I fit in with anyone or anyone's camp. He said, mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about having good social programs because I came from, you know, being on welfare and then, you know, eventually our family got off it and then obviously he became successful. But I also believe in, you know, the right to bear arms. And right. so he was kind of saying these opposing things when normally mm-hmm. only someone on this side would say versus if you're on this side, you would never agree with something like that. So he he said that, and I've heard him talk about nuance before, and I was like, okay, that that made me like him, like yeah. not despite whatever he believes or doesn't believe, because I was sure. like, that's how I feel. Like yeah. I, for you know, many things, I feel I'm right of the center, like we've talked about before. But there's some things too, or like certain specific scenarios, I don't feel like that either. So it would right. be nice if there would be more people that would see that, you know, instead of just everyone shouting at each other online and arguing. It's like, it's like exhausting. I had to, um, especially over the last couple of months to not follow so many accounts that talk about politics. Yeah. It's like exhausting. I was, like, I was like, I can't do this anymore, dude. Well, like, and the problem is with, with politics today and there's this, how many, how many podcasts are politics today? But I'm going to do it anyway. The problem with politics today is everything's everything's pointing. Everything's this, that, point, this, that, that. Like, let's sit and have a conversation about these tough issues and figure them out. And not to say that there's going to be an easy answer to them, right? But this divide that we have is not only fake, it's exacerbated by um, by, a feed, by a false feedback loop. Because yeah. we're we're like oh you know it's it and you know don't want to go down into all the social media stuff and all the algorithms and everything but everything oh, gosh, in, in the our echo society chamber. yeah it's the echo exactly the echo chamber and everything in our society is 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 
directing us towards a moving away from each other. And especially like just even today is January 6th more, can't be more of a, of a pertinent day to be talking about the divide in our country. Oh, I didn't even right? think about that. You're yep. right. Yeah. Today's, today's the, an, the anniversary of the, whether you, you know, whether your you know, politics say insurrection or your politics say, you know, capital, whatever it is, <laughs> the point being is we're, we're, we're one year out from, you know, the thing that you and I, at least I should just speak for myself. I never thought would happen in my lifetime. You know what I mean? Like that, that we'd have, we'd have anyway, not, not try to get into that situation, that situation or the politics behind it. But what it does exemplify is this divide and this chasm between the two sides where there's so much space for conversation that, that is not, is not being utilized. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it's, it's, it's maybe incidental or coincidental or ironic or whatever, that we find ourselves in this situation and the podcasts are so popular right now because yeah. that's exactly what we need. I mean, we need yeah. an opportunity to talk. So you know, I'm glad to be here and be doing that. You know, the, the problem is it's like these people, I, I wish these people that are arguing on sides on social mm-hmm. media, I always think, man, what, what if they legitimately like were sitting down in the same room, room together and hashing stuff out or, or talking about their own point of view or perception, but yeah, Here's the other side to that coin. Like, I don't know if anyone wants that because some people literally <laughs> online, they are doing stuff to get attention, like clickbait. Yeah. Like yeah. the crazier yep. off the, the the wall stuff I say, the more clicks I get, which is true. Like, yeah. dude, I'm, and I'm not going to name the person. It's actually not even a political thing. But this guy in the fitness space has been promoting some somewhat at, at uh, outlandish things, excuse me, and – just a couple weeks ago, I saw his his account had – it was really big. It had, I don't know, 600 and something thousand, right? So it's a lot of people. I saw him again today. He popped up on my feed, and he is at almost a million followers. And it's just like the more outlandish things you say, the crazier things, the the more abrasive. It's just like click, click, click. So that that's the thing that, that I can't stand. You know, it's like how many people actually want to get in a room and like – talk to each other about this stuff. I, I don't know if these people do. I, I, I really don't, to be honest. I mean, that's, I think, I feel like that's, 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 that has, that culture has permeated all levels of our society too. Right. Cause even, even like our Paul, even our Congress people, that's the game they're playing. You know what I mean? It's, oh, it's the effective dude. game that they have to play because that's the, that's the way our society is set up. So it's almost like you, it's even hard to point at the pol- at politicians being like, you guys are doing this because it's the game that they're offered. And they're yeah. like, okay, I'll play the game. Right. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing as I feel like, and, and, and I, I hate, hate to compare ourselves to, to this, but it's, it's the, the comparison is accurate. It's podcasting and the whole internet thing. I think, again, I'll, I'm only gonna speak for myself, but my guess is that I can speak for both of us when I say this. I actively resisted the internet and, and social media and, um, and everything that came with it because I, like you, I grew up in a time where all that exploded and we, you know, we were on, you and I were on AIM and our parents were like, stop that texting crap. Year later, <laughs> yeah. they're texting us to stop yeah. texting, you know, I whatever. Know. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so what happened in, in our age group and we're, 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 we're 31 and 32 right i got that right Mm -hmm. right? you haven't you turned 32 in in june oh i almost said do you see that you can go back in the video you said so i started to say yeah i saw that yeah not not, so six more months and i'll be good old 32 oh dude 32 was the first time i was like oh (laughs) 
That's how, when I turned 30, that's, I was like, oh, dang, that's, that's yeah. real. That's real right yeah. there. We're, we're not babies anymore, man. Like, oh, that's dude. the thing we were talking about. Like, you know, yesterday I was like, we're, we're, you know, I, I have the habit of saying, you know, we're young, not that young. No. Um, so, but anyway, back to what I was saying was our age group, we had like this kind of push away of technology. And now in our thirties in our early thirties, we've come back full circle, not yeah. even full circle, but we're like, oh, okay. This is the game that has to be played in order for me to have a house. <laughs> You know oh, what I mean? Dude. Not to say that this is, like this games, is gonna man. have us a house, but you know what I mean? Like we have like we we're talking about scalability. You just can't compare the scalability of a project like this that can get access so many years via the internet to going and working with mm. someone one-on-one. Yeah. You, you can't compare it for the other more, you know, um, you know, in-person reasons as well. Cause so there's two like similarly, there's yeah. two sides of that token too. But anyway, I doubt absolutely. Speaking of the internet and clickbait and all that fun stuff, I want to ask you, do you know who Grimes is? It's so I read that. Um, okay. I, I, she's a lady, right? So yeah, I didn't, I had seen pictures of her before. I didn't know this was her until I saw this article recently. So Grimes is or was Elon Musk's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They, they, she, still, yeah they have a kid together and stuff. Oh, right? I have no idea. It's but, like the kid's like named like, like hashtag, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, that's a horrible, that's not the kid's name, but it's like, you know, at, it's like, and it's like some code name or something. Anyway. So, yeah. So Grimes, I think I'm saying that right. So yeah. she, this was earlier in the year, but I didn't see this till recently. She sold something like $6 million worth of NFTs. You you Ooh. said you're familiar with NFTs? Very, very little. Like I, I was like, oh, I ring a bell and I Googled it. I was like, yeah, okay, that that's what I was thinking. But that's about as far as I got. It's that it's chain yeah. block based or whatever. Yeah, like I, I don't have some deep understanding about it, but I, I think it was created for like digital art type of thing. Like that was one of the first like thoughts. But mm-hmm. musicians apparently they're doing like short videos of their music or something on these NFTs and selling them. And dude, six million dollars. And then I heard another story. Don't know his name. This was just recently. Within a, a day, this other artist who I don't even know if it was a big name, three million dollars in a day or two from selling NFTs. Isn't that crazy? so okay my first question in my brain i don't know if you have the answer to this is i imagine because it's crypto related that there is some kind of stock stock market like analysis of the value of that nft right that That probably fluctuates i have no idea like i know there's similarities with crypto with that but I, i don't know how that works though so my i guess what i'm my brain's driving at is the same thing that it drives at when we start talking about crypto. Where does, where is the, it's a, it's a real blurred line between solid functional tangible thing to intangible value. You know what I mean? Like the, Mm -hmm. the, like I, like my problem is the same problem that I think everybody else ultimately has with any kind of blockchain technology is like, why does it work that like how how does it work i mean don't get me wrong i'm not I'm not trying to get into that and there's a whole podcast that explain all this and i could be exploring it my point of saying that is simply to say when you have this much this la- much lack of understanding about something that people are investing so much in like i'm out <laughs> yeah <laughs> you no, know what i mean no <laughs> that that's smart that, that's a, a definitely a smart thing i 
I during the pandemic, I I started researching a lot about crypto, mm. and I mean, I I wouldn't say at all. I have some advanced knowledge of it because I don't. Uh, but it, you know, I did invest some, and in, I don't like you know have a ton of it or anything. But how does, the, how's the, it work out? What was how's that? It work, how's it worked out? Um, so crypto, it's very volatile. Like it's, yeah. it's like this dude, it's like the stock stock market on steroids, like going, going right. both ways. So, I mean, in the very beginning, it was nuts, dude. Like there, they, like there was times like I was making thousands of dollars in one day and then it Ooh. would go, but then like, it just goes right back down. Like, so it was doing all that. But, uh, then I started realizing like, I, I, I want to cool it with, <laughs> with this because, like you said, the actual utility with some of the different cryptocurrencies, I don't know what that's going to be in the future because they, right. they make all these crazy just garbage coins that don't mean anything, mm-hmm. like that might not ever have utility. But some of the top ones, I think they're going to be here to stay like yeah. Bitcoin and mm-hmm. Ethereum. And then there's going to be a, a few other where, where you can actually use that to purchase things. Yeah. For now, like 90% of them, you know, it's – not even I wouldn't even want to say just like a stock, but like you, you can't really do anything with. It. There's not a utility right. necessarily, so that's that's the only thing with it. But it it is kind of cool to think about though, um, crypto in the future and what that's going to look like. Well, it, it's also one of these things that it seems like because of the um, break in understanding between layman's and people who understand that it's a really opportune time to be taking advantage of it because oh uh, yeah, you know, there's probably very relative to how many people would like to be making money with it there's probably very few that are actually doing it and those few people are probably making buku bucks you know that's oh, yeah. that's the whole reason why so this is how it has affected me it, the crypto crypto craze has affected me is um um you know i, I told you i built a computer la- over this last year and i've been by you know i've i as i mentioned in the last podcast i've been building a studio over the last 10 years and so what's happened is because of crypto um so are you familiar you're familiar with the way they mine crypto? I am, but I don't have a deep understanding of it. Nor do I, but the 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 very very basics of it is is it's they're using graphics processing units to do the actual processes. So what's happened is all of the GPUs across the board before COVID were swooped up and and for well before COVID were swooped up and they're all being constantly used to mine because if you're if you buy that you know if if you if you know how to mine and you buy a GPU that's pure money for you because you're going to make you're like I mean not again I'm not an expert but likely I'm thinking you know anyway I shouldn't talk about things I don't understand <laughs> but <laughs> the point of the point of what I'm yeah. saying is that I don't even remember what the point of what I was saying was because I just got started. I, in my brain, I was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm talking about, which comes back down to the whole point of what I was trying to say, which is those people who do know what they're talking about are making some cash right now, bro. Yeah, but oh. it, is a, it is a place people, like you said in the beginning, people can really be taken advantage of right now. Yeah, like, and my, my yeah. tangent was just that I can't buy any of this stuff. I, oh, all, all this, all the stuff I need to buy, like GPU unit, units. Oh like, yeah, I would pay like four hundred dollars for one. That was like yeah. that would be legit. That same cost is that same one right now is like two grand. Oh, like, gotcha. And there's yeah. no way around it. Yeah, that's that's a lot right there, mm. dude. Did you see? Have you seen that really cool study? It was done out of uh, Dr. Bill Campbell's lab. I think he calls it the Physique Lab, uh, where. Mm. Uh, they had two groups of women. One increased their calories by, I think it was 250, but it was just protein. The other group, they decreased their calories by 300 and were on a low protein diet. Mm. Did you Have you seen that, dude? 
I've I've read a little bit about it, but it's similar to the to the crypto stuff. I don't have enough knowledge to to talk in detail, but I'd love to. Excuse me. Oh, I'd love to hear about it, dude. It was you got to check it out. It is it's awesome. So it's a it's a gateway to really start understanding how important protein is. Like, sure, we've heard that like right. over the years, but at the end of the study, the people that ate more calories. The, the ones that, but it was just protein. They actually lost, I think it was double the body fat percentage as the people that decreased their calories and um, were on a low protein diet. That is crazy. You know, dude, it makes so much sense though, because so I shouldn't say it so much sense though, because a little context, like for me, you just described my most recent experience with, well, I don't know. I guess mine's more macro experience. I've been putting on weight lately. I've 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 put on probably about twenty pounds of muscle in the last I don't know little pretty you know fairly short period of time, and the the for me it was the first time that I had ever gained that much muscle weight in such a short period of time. And there's multiple reasons for that, but um, when it came down to it, what it was was I finally figured out for myself that I was. I was, I was, I was going from a scarcity mindset as opposed to abundance mindset. I mean, it's a little bit of an abstract yeah. connection, but what I was doing was I was under eating. I was, I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was in my mind, I was, I was eating protein because I wanted to build, I understand, you know, I understand you need protein to build the muscle, but I was still trying to, I was basically trying to cut and gain at the same time. You know what I mean? But like that, that's a that's a hard game to play. <laughs> exactly. When I, and yeah. I played it for years. And there is credence to doing that with a different goal and attitude. And we'll get into that later because yeah. that is real in line with kind of the stuff I teach now. But that's beside the point of, of, of this as much as to say for me, for the first time, what I started doing was I started being disciplined about getting food in my gullet. You know what I mean? Instead of like just making sure I was eating the right thing or eating, you know, right portions. Like I was like, okay, every couple hours I'm putting food in my mouth, whether I want to or not. And, and, and I mean, it's just, I mean, and we know these are pretty standard things that we talk about, but to have that experience after having not maximize to be fair i i was never trying to gain weight this is the first time in my life i've yeah. put, uh, put on weight so it's not like i'm like oh i was trying to put on weight it wasn't working yeah i was never trying to put on weight before but to have that experience of like okay it was it's not about if when i want to put on weight it's not about lifting i mean yeah i'm gonna lift right but it's that's not what it's about for me because i'll lift whether i'm trying to gain weight or not yeah of course about getting that food like you see i saw i walked in walked in today i had i had two z bars i had two that's it's not that these are particularly muscle building things but i just make sure i get calories yeah. in me, right yeah so you know for for i'm i am i am not surprised to hear that the with the phys- physique lab study that that the protein um, increase um decreased the fat weight because you know from a functional standpoint, they're using that protein, right? It's not like yeah. from before whatever calories that might may, may have been, there were probably calories that weren't really being utilized by the body, right? Yeah. So the idea being, and this is how they connect to what I just, what I was talking about, my own experiences, like we tend to think of progress being made, especially layman's, we think about process, progress being made by watching what we eat and, you know, and, and, um, you know, getting into calorie deficit. And that's not the case necessarily at all. Getting in, a calorie, a calorie, um, surplus, you can still continue to lose fat weight and gain muscle weight. If you are, if you are 
in fact, that's the only way you can, you know what I mean? Is with the, the calorie surplus and, yeah. you know, it's more nuanced than that, obviously, but you got to have enough calories if you're going to put weight on, right? Muscle yeah. or that way too, but. Yeah, it's it's funny you're saying how you uh you know put on 20 pounds and doing all that. That reminded me when I was a a new trainer. I was um how old was I? 19, 20 years old when I just moved to San Diego. So I showed up at the gym and at that point I was pretty lean. Yeah, I I probably weighed a buck 80, which is really light for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's really light. Yeah. And I get in the gym and I look at all all the trainers there. <laughs> they were so much more muscular than me, and I got self conscious. And mm-hmm. within man, probably it must have been the first like few months I was there. I was like, okay, I I need to put on some some serious weight. So I I didn't specifically track, but I I would say I was probably eating it in in the four to forty five hundred range or so. That would be my guess somewhere in there. Which for <laughs> one eighty that, that that's like a, a good amount for you know one eighty and yeah. of course doing resistance training and dude I, it must have been six months I got up to like two thirty. <laughs> yeah. Damn, oh my dude. gosh. Yeah. Like 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 so okay so my question for you yeah that fifty pound weight gain was that pretty equal parts fat and muscle gain or was that much more muscle or like how did that play out for you chasing it in that way where your your goal wasn't necessarily i'd imagine to to be cut but your goal was to kind of catch up to these other people yeah. who were moving bigger weights with, with going that fast which i don't think is the correct way to do it <laughs> like that that was just out of control yeah. i would i would guess it was 70% fat 30 oh, wow. 30% okay. muscle that 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 would be fair to say. So I just remember <laughs> all tired. My, my my pants are a little bit tighter and uh, I'm a little bit bigger so I'm not as like quick walking around and stuff, but uh but yeah, but anyways though that that study with the calories it, it just goes to show how important it is no matter what your goal. Most people how prioritizing protein in some capacity, it could benefit you if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to gain muscle, if you're trying to do some type of body recomp, like you were saying, how important it is to, to do that long-term. And I, I know it's easy to say like, oh yeah, everyone takes, you know, drinks protein shakes and, and does that. But you know, I don't think most people get enough protein. I, oh, I or, absolutely. or the, how about this, the optimal amount of protein, like, yes, they get enough to survive, mm-hmm. but optimal amount to gain or retain muscle or lose weight or whatever it is, especially with how satiating protein is. I don't think most people do that. So that was really cool seeing that study and like how you can actually eat more in Mm -hmm. a way and benefit from it. Like I'm not saying go out and eat thousands of, you know, more calories than you actually burn every day of whatever food it is. But like if it's protein, it does have some, you know, pretty awesome effects. Unfortunately, with the fitness industry, as me and you talk about all the time now, sometimes there's some <laughs> not so good oh information God, right. out there. Did Did you see the post I put up for our account yesterday? Um, I haven't looked. Morning? I haven't looked at that, but literally when I got on this morning, I I, I pulled up YouTube for something just to check, and it was like, "You need this to lose twenty five pounds," oh, and it's like you know, a, 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 like it's like not it's not even somebody's like voice. It's like it's like an electric voice where they typed it in. And yeah. this is why you're fat, and it's like, and it's like showing oh, like a diagram horrible. of like you know somebody's like translucent body and like it, it's got their guts all bit, you know. It's, yeah. It's just all the shit yeah. we're talking about. But anyway, you're, you're sorry, I don't mean to digress or you know, Dude. pull away from what you're saying. 
Oh my gosh. So it's just like every day there's something new. And so yesterday, so someone was marketing, all you need to do to lose weight, just eat these special chia seeds. (laughs) Dude, come on. Like the, 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 the IG, the fitness IG influencers are, are off the chain right now. Like saying, oh yeah, if you eat these, you'll lose 20 pounds. I'm just like, oh, we got a, we have a battle that we are fighting right now. Dude, you know what I just realized when you said that is I, I bet you it's especially hot right now because everyone feels so bad. You know, everyone, everyone's in, you know, going in a year three of, of basically lockdown. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I know we're not all in lockdown, but like everyone's feeling the pandemic. Everyone's feeling like mental health. It's right after the holidays too, right? When everybody mm. spikes with their mental health stuff, right? When everyone's feeling the heaviest because they just ate a bunch of food. Yeah. It's, it's, it's opportunistic prey. That's what yeah, it is. You yeah, know, it's, exactly. it's opt- opt- opportunistic predatory behaviors. That's, yep. that's not, that's not, you know, meant to help you, the consumer improve whatsoever. It's the goal is to get that money in their pocket. Yeah. A good rule. I like to think of um, when, you know, Jonathan Goodman has a lot of really good posts that he talks mm-hmm. about the difference between IG influencers and, and, uh, and trainers and like proper trainers. And we'll put ourselves into this category for that. Um as a just as a little rule of thumb, uh, listeners, uh, if the fitness professional is telling you that it's just this easy, mm. run away. Red flag. Yeah, it's never just this easy. There, there's no, no shut. There's no no shortcuts. There's only habitual discipline and action. That there is no there is no there is no shortcut. Any shortcuts also have short um, short term results. So, um, when, by that same, by the other side of that token is when you're looking for really quality, um, fitness professionals, you're going to want to kind of look at some of the qualities that you're seeing here. Nobody's selling you anything. Nobody's talking about, you know, people aren't talking about products where the, the, when you find good sources, you're, you found people who are willing to question what they know and aren't going to spend their time telling you how, what they know is what you should know. A good trainer, a good fitness professional is going to say, Hey, where are you at? And how can I help you meet your goals? Now, which is a whole different yeah. thing than, Hey, buy this, you know? Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's just sad though. Like, it's like you were just saying how it's especially around new years and other times like that, that people are just preyed on and i I put a couple posts out for people to see like hey just Mm -hmm. just be uh you know i want you guys to be warned there is going to be some crazy fitness marketing coming up you know in the next couple weeks and you know like always there there was tons of crazy stuff you know being promoted and i just think people so badly want that that pill you know like or this black and white advice like just do this and it's gonna you know gonna be you know take this exact amount of days or eat exactly this man and it's disappointing too like just the other day i i can't remember where where i was on but this fitness trainer of supposedly 20 years was telling people oh yeah work with me and i'll help you gain 30 pounds of muscle in a month i'm like dude Mm. come on yeah like really that that's yeah if it if it looks too good to be true in the fitness industry that's almost always the case it's Mm -hmm. you know too good to be true if it walks like a duck talks like a duck 
Yep. Shit's like a duck. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how the phrase goes. <laughs> but that, how you said it was even better than normal. I loved it. <laughs> Dude. You know, I, I do. I like to, when we talk about stuff like this, I, I always, I like, there, there's two, there's two last things I want to leave, leave our listeners with. One, IG influencers talk, trainers listen. Second thing. Oh, that's good. Right. And that, that's a Jonathan Goodman. That's not me. I let me make sure that's that. And he might've gotten it for somebody else, but this is straight out of Jonathan Goodman's mouth. Okay. Um, just then it just as a, just as a repeat, IG influencers talk, trainers listen. Okay. Um, and, um, I guess that's actually kind of ironic since we're sitting here talking, but <laughs> yeah. hey, but you guys get the point. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the idea yeah. is if we had a guest here, you would, and you guys know this from being longtime listeners of Jake. Um, he doesn't just, he doesn't just respond with whatever the next thing is on his paper. He's listening to what the guest is saying and he's responding. And that right there is going to be the mark of, and I would even go as far to say, not even just trainers. I feel like universally, those are the people you want to work with. The good yeah. leaders, good leaders aren't the people who are going to say, hey, this, I know how this is done. Do it like this. <laughs> good leaders are people who are saying, ah, you know, I, I don't know how to do yeah. that. Let's go figure it out. Yeah. You know? So yeah. for, for whatever that's all worth. <laughs> well, you, you want to talk a little bit uh, fitness, uh, yeah. some cool fitness stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sound good. Dude, so I was thinking about this, actually not just the other day, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, even though I don't participate anymore, is I love Oli lifters, Olympic lifting lifters, and coaches. Mm. And you know why? Excuse me, that sort of just <laughs> made a comeback. <laughs> why? So have you done um, Olympic lifting before? Uh, n- n- no, not proper. I mean, yeah, I've done Olympic I've lifted with Olympic, you know, Olympic form sometimes, but not properly. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just going in and doing my own thing, right? But <laughs> so no is the right answer to that. <laughs> but it's it's really cool. And I started wanting to use this in in other parts of my life and um coaching or fitness or, or anything. So what what they do it, which is really cool. So if you guys don't follow any Oli coaches online or Instagram, that's a good person to follow. So what they do is Olympic lifting is highly technical. There, There's so many moving parts in those lifts, and they take years to learn. Like for me, it took like two years of doing it to like suck at it. Oh, wow. Like it okay. went from like I was horrendous at it to like just bad. Like so anyways, though, like Olympic lifting, it's that technical. So what I noticed they do, which is really cool, is coaches, they find – where the dysfunction or whatever part of the movement isn't going well. So it's like they they diagnose a problem and give a very specific, quote-unquote, treatment to correct that. So, for example, in Olympic lifting, there's three poles or like three sections of the lift. So you have the first pole, which is when you pull the weight off the ground. The next pole is when your whole body is extended and the, the weight is around your hips. And then the third would be, you know, pulling under the bar if you're doing a snatch. So if they saw something wrong with the second pole, which is where the bar is around your hips, they immediately, they correct it and diagnose it and give you a plan to correct that. So cool. it would be doing a movement like hang power cleans and doing that to, to practice being explosive with your hips. So okay. I, I thought that was something really cool and I feel most trainers, especially new trainers, imagine if you had that type of vision when you're training people. You you see a not, not that you just see a flaw in someone's right. movement, but you literally are giving them something to correct. 
Yeah. Like I like do this, this will help in this part of the movement. And so mm-hmm. I because I feel sometimes like uh like dude just the other day, this bothered me so much. I, I see this trainer at the gym all the time mm-hmm. and he sits there while his client is performing the movement. He's he has his he has his clipboard and he's just oh, like, not even looking. Trainers. I'm like yeah. dude, oh my god. So he have a stopwatch <laughs> that he's like has right here in his face. <laughs> Dude, it, it's bad though. But anyways, though, I'm like, especially, you know, uh, new trainers, like if you have that thought, mm-hmm. like not only finding the the movement pattern flaw, but giving something to correct that movement. So I thought that was yeah. really cool. And it was fascinating when I was going through my Olympic lifting certification, the coaches that I was learning from, it was amazing. Like mm-hmm. they would play videos and they would literally say, okay, where was the movement not optimal yeah. and what could you do to correct it? Like, cool. it, dude, it was, it was legit. That's awesome. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that is I think from a, you know, from a generalist standpoint, which I consider myself, um, it's, that's really, that's really become kind of an integral, uh, integral part of generalist training. You know what I mean? Cause the reality is, is, is while we're, you know, while we're talking about in this context, Olympic weightlifters and, you know, high performance, those same issues are the same issues that that people who coming or coming in off the streets have never done in a, a lift in their life are having. Right? It might right. be you know there there's it's different levels of um, targeted nuance because obviously the Olympic weightlifter you're gonna have to get you know you have to as as somebody watching an Olympic weightlifter you really have to know your stuff super specifically oh, because yeah. it's oh, gonna yeah. be a, a difference of a centimeter that's gonna potentially throw somebody's back out right when you're talking about Olympic weightlifting while the margins of error are, are, and 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 identification are not nearly as fine as a generalist you simply are not gonna have a you're you're not gonna be facilitating return business if you're not doing that because what's going to happen is at least with the olympic weightlifters they have they they know what they're they've gotten into injury is part of the journey learning how to limit that injury is part of their journey they're already on that they know that's part of the game a layman coming in off the streets has no concept of that all they've got usually all they've gotten through is shit i gotta get up and sweat and so it's my job as a generalist to process to to know all this information and know that if if i don't do a good job of doing that uh, analysis and subsequent corrective um, exercise. Yeah. Not only am I not doing the best thing I can do for my client, because that's really the best thing you can do for your client. Cause you're going to help them, you know, stave off injury and pain and all that, especially a, a general client. But so n- not only is, is it going to help, but, but it's counter to my own ultimate goals of making a living. Because if I don't correct a, my new, mm. Yeah, you know, form discrepancy that can bloom into a back end or whatever injury, and then they're out for a month or two, right? And then who knows if they're going to come back? Because how many of us don't yeah. ever come back to exercise because yeah. we had to, we were injured and we didn't, you know, it's like we, it was supposed to be a week off and it turned into a year off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's counter in so many ways to what our goal is as trainers right. to begin with to not do that, those those things. And if anything, it's it's a goal of mine to bring that kind of attention that Olympic weightlifters get from their trainers to general, the general population mm. and general, um, right. and generalists, trainers who are generalists, because, you know, it's really easy, like that clipboard trainer, because you're not really, if you're not really giving them too much of a challenge, like you're not going to, you're probably not risking injury too much. Right. But if you're really challenging their bodies, 
there's you have an elevated risk of injury. So you need to mitigate that with action, right? Yeah. Anyway, I I could as you can tell, I can go off and t- we we can have a whole podcast just about this oh, yeah. one topic. But oh, yeah. you know, it's mind blowing how short sighted we are as people and. Uh, professionals and as you know it's there's a there's a there's a there's a theme in this podcast uh whether we're talking about in our culture uh or we're talking about in this business but lack of nuance can be a shot to the foot or head or leg or whatever you know yeah no absolutely and i I kind i got to a point too where after i stopped doing crossfit because that's where i did olympic weightlifting I, I'm start, I don't want to have some extreme fear-mongering type of view, but I, I'm trying to think now, if we're talking about the general population of people, you know, that exercises for health and for fun and all of that, like most of the listeners uh, probably do, I, I've been thinking, like, should, should Olympic weightlifting, should they even do it? You know, yeah, so that, yeah, that, totally. that's something like, mm-hmm. so if you think of mm-hmm. risk versus reward mm-hmm. with Olympic weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, if you look at like uh, data, it's, it's really safe, but that's because normally someone's being coached and the coaches there are normally fantastic. Um, the right. ones I've seen at least. And so should the general population do it? I'm, I'm kind of at a standstill with my, my thought with that because I don't want to fear monger someone out of doing it because mm-hmm. there's still awesome exercises. But if someone just, for example, say they're 40 years old, they've never trained in their life before, maybe you've never been too physical, never played sports, and all they want to do is just feel good, maybe look good, maybe lose right. a couple pounds, maybe just a very general goal that most people have. Should they Olympic weightlift? I, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of in that standstill right now. I don't, I don't really know the, the best answer. I don't see the application for it like I used to because back right. in the day I'm like, Oh yeah, everyone. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. doing these moves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Well, the benefits, the, you know, you can't, you can't deny the benefits that come with that kind of challenge. I liken it to, we were talking in the last podcast about uh, me playing football. Um, and I apologize too, cause I'm making sure my alarm doesn't go back off because I realize this is my first time that we're doing it right around this time. So yeah. my many alarms are going off. Yeah. Um, so apologize, apologies if another one pops off. Um, but the, I liken it to football the way we're talking about, because, um, d- did I learn some of the most valuable lessons I'll ever learn in my life while I was playing football as a kid? Yeah. Would I ever recommend another kid do that because of the risk to injury in, in head and knee and whatever injury? No. So I, when we get into this question, the, the non-nuanced qu- answer for me, at least as a generalist is unequivocally, no period, not never, ever until they've established a foundational base of, of knowing how to lift. Right. So to me, the question is not so much is, is, does this Olympic style have value to the layman is rather a question of, is is any of that value value even accessible to the yeah. right? Yeah, because that's true. The, if they don't have that foundational knowledge and foundational muscle memory, then it doesn't do much good to you know do a clean you know yeah. <laughs> jerk right because yeah. they're going to jack their back up right. Yeah. So you know it's it's when it comes back down to it, it comes back down to a, a you know a question of nuance and this is why it's so important that when you're talking to your pre, you know your fitness professionals that they're somebody who is, has the ability to speak and um, discuss at uh, this level because if you are a layman and somebody tells you to go, you know, do clean, you know, you know, go lift this bar with hell plates on it, like there's a break there and it happens every day, every day. Yeah, 
Yeah, totally. I, I, I've always just thought their Olympic lifters were so cool. Like, cause oh, cro- so cool. most CrossFitters, like most of them, at least for me during my days is like, you're more of a wannabe Olympic lifter. Like yeah. <laughs> Olympic lifting is part of CrossFit, mm-hmm. but you know, most everyday people that you'd see in the gym, like they're, they're not snatching or clean and jerking too much, especially mm-hmm. snatching. So I remember That's I would cool. always like, whenever I would see someone that was really good at Olympic weightlifting, I was always like, man, that person looks so cool. Like I, I, I always thought that I, I, was, I always have had mad respect for, for Olympic weightlifters. And unfortunately I think they're taking Olympic weightlifting out of the Olympics. Did you hear that? Really? Yeah, I I hope that's not true. I I saw that online that they might be taking it out. Well, it it is interesting because as we start getting into any kind of sport that's based on lifting heavy weights, we have to start. And and, and this is honestly, this is a conversation about athletics at and a larger conversation about athletics, but especially pertinent when we're talking about lifting heavy weights is, is when we start talking about performance enhancing drugs and their efficacy and their viability and their um, their place in the position of uh, of when the goal is to lift as heavy as you can. Yeah. Unfortunately, th- th- that's how people like all those guys, right. all all the strongmen, and they're pretty open about it. They've become more open about it. Most of most of the strongmen are using steroids in small, you know, in they're they're doing it in their safe way, right? I can't speak to that. That's none of my. I don't. But my point. And I'm not. I'm not trying to weigh in on the use of that as a as a trainer. I'm against it, generally speaking. But now we're talking about how heavy can we lift in Olympic weightlifting while it's not strongman competition. It's very much in that same category, right? Yeah. So now we start talking about you know how does that play out when we're talking about competition and then you know the international stage and you know places like uh, America or um, I think like Russia and places like have really strong you know, Olympic weight oh yeah the Russians right? yeah everyone steals their knowledge from the Russians there you go essentially right? yeah so and and there's just no way it's like it's like the whole it's the whole um, Lance Armstrong thing it's like when he got when he got busted for for the for the steroids or whatever he was using it's like yeah absolutely he shouldn't be doing that but are we really all naive enough to think that everybody's not doing that? They're just yeah. better at not getting caught. At least a lot of people yeah. are, you know, when you're at that high level, that's, it's going to yeah. come with that. There's no way you can, you know, get around that. Absolutely. Another style of training that my mind has completely changed from way more than Olympic lifting. I, I still love uh, Olympic lifting, even though I don't do it anymore, but another style of training that I'm to the point where I think, GP, the general population of people doesn't really need to do mm. personally. I don't think they need to do it, but many do do it. And I don't necessarily do think do. there's an application for it mm. is high intensity interval training. Interesting. Yep. Ooh, yep. controversy. Ooh, controversy. Yeah, so, <laughs> so any listeners, if you don't uh, know what this is, high intensity interval training, how it's supposed to be done. So pick, it doesn't necessarily have to be an aerobic exercise, but pick say, um, jogging. So high intensity interval training would be performing short bursts of very high intense, high power output type of running. So you'd sprint for, I don't know, say 10, 15 seconds or whatever. And then you're supposed to recover and rest and you would walk them for a couple minutes and then you would repeat. So traditionally sessions with high intensity interval training or hit, they're supposed to be shorter. You know, most of them are supposed to be 15 minutes or 30 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. But the, the problem now is it of course the way they're marketed to people you know it's like burn fat faster and all this to spend you don't have enough time in your life work out this way yeah exactly uh but 
the problem too, which I, I see this in gyms a lot that teach hit classes, mm-hmm. is you do this quote unquote high intensity, but then there's never actual rest periods in between or enough rest periods. So <laughs> right. it's funny because it's like it's contradicting its own word. You know what yeah. I mean? Because for it to Absolutely. actually be high intensity, you would have to actually rest after that. So what can happen is it just turns into this 30 minute session of lifting when you're fatigued and with terrible movement, you know? So th- th- that's the one thing. My mind has changed a lot because not to go back to CrossFit again, there's similarities with how you train CrossFit to, to hit, not necessarily the same thing, but same principles. And what can happen is when you're always lifting, when you're fatigued and you don't allow yourself to recover, it's going to affect your movement pattern. And then down the road, that's when you would start, you know, there'd be more of a chance for you to get injured. Again, I don't want to fear monger people out of doing something like hit, but it does encourage bad form if you don't give yourself the enough or the appropriate amount of a recovery period. So that's another thing I'm thinking of the everyday person, you know, the, the general population of people that come in, some of that. So think of your clients. Is there any of your clients, like, is there a, a, a good reason for them to do hit? Um, so I got to hate to be this one trick pony, but the, 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 the conversation comes back to nuance and it comes back to not, not so much. The, the short answer is yes. The short answer is yes, but with a caveat, caveat, the caveat being that I am as the trainer using the hit based activities as a tool to enhance the program as opposed to the program itself. Ooh, the tool in the in the toolbox. Yeah, I like tool that. Tool in the toolbox, right? Yeah, that's so good. so to give to give you a more real real concrete version of how I play that out in real life is um I don't ever I'm never like, okay, we're going in, into our hit portion now. What I do is I I I present the exercises in the way is most beneficial to the client on that particular day. So what that means is if a client comes in and, and they're rearing and ready to go and they're like, oh, I want to get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll be like, all right, we're up in the intensity, right? But here's the key to that. Do I, do I sit and do I think, oh, this is high intensity, to, you know, this is a high intensity interval now training? No, I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to up your intensity. And because I have the knowledge and, and the, and you know, cause I'm a good trainer <laughs> <laughs> because, but because I'm a good trainer, I, I know that like I'm getting them rest. The, I know that the rest is more important arguably than the exertion itself. Right. I mean, you know, they're, you know, chicken and the egg. Right. But the idea being that our muscles rebuild during recovery and not, not to say that this is recovery, but the idea being that by, by taking rest, rest is arguably the key rest is inarguably the key moment in the process of, of lifting and gaining weight where you actually get stronger. You know, it's rest is when you're resting that your muscles rebuild. Right. So not to say that that's happening in between high intensity intervals, but what you're getting is, you're getting an opportunity to make the movements that you're doing efficient and effective. And so as long as the movements are efficient and effective and 
there's a purpose in, to why we're doing what we're doing, the rest is semantics, right? Yeah. The rest is tools in the toolbox. I also wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't use, you know, I wouldn't have somebody who hated cardio ride the bike for 20 minutes. I, I, but somebody who, somebody who hates lifting, maybe I'll have them ride the bike for a total of 20 minutes, but it's broken up into four or five mm. minute segments. Yeah. Not, I, I, five minutes is a long time to have somebody ride the bike. But the point being is that the best answer is not, is always not a, um, a pre-designed answer uh, when you're talking mm. about training. The best yeah. answer is always, like I said earlier, we're talking about trainer, good trainers. A good program is about listening to your client, figuring out what works for them, and then experimenting with different things to continue yeah. to grow that, right? right. So I know that's a long-winded roundabout way of answering that, but yes, there is value in when the opportunity comes up to be a value. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That said, there is a component to every single one of my workouts that has the philosophies of high-intensity interval training you know, within the, like all of my programs I do, I, I set up, um, you know, at the top of my program, I'll set up all my floor exercises, all of my, uh, aerobic based stuff. And then underneath I'll do all of my, um, all of my anaerobic based stuff. And then based on what's going on in the session, I'll jump around that program. Right. So that by its definition, there is a, a hit component because I'm having people lift heavy or, you know, I'm lifting, lifting until their exertion level is like seven or eight, maybe not nine usually, but seven or eight out of 10. And then I'm saying, all right, take a rest, breathe in the nose, out the mouth, relax. And it's not that I'm taking an interval for that rest, but that moment of them resting effectively becomes high, in, high yep. intensity interval training, yep. right? Yeah. Well, anyway, long yeah. long roundabout way to say it, but yeah. everything has its point in its place, right? Time and a place. It's just something to consider if you've been looking into hit or mm -hmm. you're considering doing it. So what I would recommend is first ask the question of why. Why are you doing it? Is mm -hmm. it just because you saw it and it looks cool? Um, yeah. Is it something that you think is going to benefit your health, or does it actually match what your goals are? So for for someone that's about to do it, that would be the first thing. Why are you going to do it? Now, second, if you do decide to do it, the other two recommendations, start at a lower dose. I yes. I want to do this every day, especially if you're already, you know, in the weight room or already on a different program. Don't on top of that, then do hit workouts every day. So start with the lowest dose possible and go from there. See how you feel, see how your body responds. And then the third piece of advice for if you're going to do hit is give yourself enough time to recover between the bouts of high intensity. So for example, if you're sprinting or whatever movement or whatever exercise you're performing, make sure you can rest and let your heart rate get down at least a little bit or else you're kind yeah. of defeating the purpose there. So that's what I'd say. And Absolutely. now let's, uh, let's go to our Q and a of the day uh, from our audience. And I love this uh, this question. It's not talked about too much, and but I think it's important. So, in uh, yeah. the question, oh, yeah. such a great question: Should you eat before you train in the morning? So, mm. like I said, I love the question, and I especially love it because most of my lifting career, I have trained in the morning. So uh, lately, I would say the last like couple months or so, I've actually been training a little bit later in the morning, which I've never really done. Back in the day, I you know I'd wake up at four thirty, I'd be at the gym warming up by five twenty, 
5.30 and I would start training by 6. I did that for years and years and years. And so anyways, point being is I had to figure out what am I going to do as far as nutrition before I train. I personally did not like training on an empty stomach if there was any type of intensity in my workout, Mm -hmm. which there normally was, you know, a decent amount of intensity. So what I did, I woke up a little bit earlier. I know no one likes to do that, but I woke (laughs) up a little bit earlier than I probably had to so I could get some food in. And what my recommendation was for someone asking that question. So if they completely are against eating before training in the morning, you know, they don't want to wake up a little bit earlier, which is understandable. But my first recommendation was make sure you eat a good amount the night before, make sure the meal is plenty of uh, protein, plenty of protein, plenty of carbohydrates. And then, you know, of course, uh, fats too, like all that the night before it's, it's great. So if you are someone that doesn't eat in the evening time, that would be probably an issue if you're going to train in the morning. Secondly, I do think most people, the main complaint out here with this um, from people, you know, when I was training was it hurts my stomach when I eat mm-hmm. this early in the morning, which I get. I don't like having big meals right when I wake up. So what I started to do is I would just eat things that don't upset my stomach and mm-hmm. something that was just, that would sit easy on my stomach. So what I told the person is if you don't normally eat before, try this, try something very small, something that doesn't affect your stomach too much. So for me, uh, it's, you know, oatmeal doesn't seem to sit heavy in my stomach and some fruit doesn't. I'll even have a protein shake with just water and something like that. But what I what I told her, great question. I told her start whatever you decide to do, start with something small and see how you feel. Totally. If you notice Going into your workout, that eating just a little bit that makes you feel great, awesome. You're you're in a good spot, and then slowly, if you can, increase your calories or your meal a little bit and see if it affects you in a beneficial way. And other things that I used to eat too before my workout, um, which I did for a long time, was dried fruit, just oh, something yeah. you know, kind of fast uh, uh, carbohydrates Sugar. and really easy on your stomach, yeah. and it's going to really help. And just something to to consider because I know a lot of people out there, they do the, the fasted training in the morning. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we're yeah. looking at optimal, eating something is normally going to be the way to go. Clayton, what do you think with this one? Um, you know, so this is this is an interesting one because um, you know, traditional traditional uh fitness knowledge tells us, you know, you 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 eat you eat in the morning. I mean, when I when we were growing up, it was like you always ate in the morning. Yeah. That was how you, you know, that's how you even like that was like number one way you lost fat. Eat yeah. in the morning. Which has been a little bit has been debunked pretty much. But um here's where I fit into this. My I think that the most important thing that you can do when approaching this topic is be willing to experiment Mm, because the reality is, and this is one thing that I, you know, people might argue with me, but I think, I think people would have a hard hard time arguing with, with me about this is the best program is not the best program. That's right for Jake. The best program that's right for Clayton or, you know, the best food, you know, it's not the best food that's, you know, eating is the best time to eat and best food to eat is not, the same for Clayton as it is for Jake. And it's not the same for Tiffany. Maybe her name was as it is for Clayton or Jake. Right. So being willing to question and experiment uh, is an invaluable tool because what you can do is you can say, well, 
I think I'd like to eat in the morning. So you get up a little bit early, like Jake is saying, eat some food and see, you know, find some oatmeal, something that doesn't sit in your stomach. You know, I wouldn't go and eat, you know, 12 eggs and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a pack of bacon, but no. you know, you know, protein shake and, you know, an oatmeal, some, some fruit. Yeah. Something that sits light in your stomach, something that's going to digest fairly easily, easily. Right. Um, but here's, here's where here's that, like objectively that's optimal because, you're getting up in the morning, your metabolism is getting going again, you're putting food in your, your stomach, that, that energy is going to get into your system probably right as you, as when you need it when you're lifting, right? That said, um, it just, that just doesn't work for some people. It doesn't work for yeah, me. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I'm not, I, don't, I can't eat first thing in the morning. That's not my, my MO. In fact, my MO, so I, and we'll get into this in later podcasts too, but um, I'm, I'm very hedonistic by, by nature. Uh, which means that I end up eating a lot and I emotional eat at night. So very naturally, I end up, whether I like it or not, I end up with a lot of my hunger and a lot of my food hap- eating happening at night because there's an emotional component, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, it's a better, it works better, for, like Jake was saying, to eat a little bit more the night before and make sure, sh- and what happens is um, that food, when we go to bed, our food doesn't just, continue digesting the way it is when we're up and, uh, and, uh, and moving around. When we go to, when we go to bed, our digestion slows, um, our, the food that we ate that evening, more or less, especially if you ate it really pretty close to bed, more or less kind of just sits in your stomach all night as you're sleeping. I mean, you know, there's processes going on and I'm not trying to get into the science of that, but for the most part, it slows down dramatically. So what happens is when you wake up in the morning, that food is still there. Those nutrients are still there to be called upon for that workout. So you, by eating the night before you have the energy the next morning, but then you got to mitigate the whole thing that Jake touched on, which is you don't want to eat too late. Cause you don't, you know, some, you know, that can cause you not sleep very well. You might, you know, there's all these little things that can go wrong with that. But when we are willing to try things, try new things and ask ourselves, how does this fit into my personal makeup? Then we start asking the real, the the more important questions, in my opinion, which is, how does this work for me? And yep. you know, that that might be like Jake. You might get up in the morning and find that you work out better if you get up and eat a little bit. Or you might be like me, where you're you. For me, I know, I know. Even if I eat a bunch in the morning, I'm going to eat a bunch in the evening. And you know, that's there's again, we'll dive into the psychology of that later. But I know, I, I'm so I'm aware of my psychology. And the fact that I'm going to eat at night and I found out, found a way that it worked for me. Granted, it took me a yep. long time to get to this place, yep. you know, so. And I, I love, I just want to point out uh, real quick um, to finish up the, the answer to that question. You said experiment. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the great thing with fitness is try to be the scientist and also be the artist. So yeah. the scientists, as far as like, we know these, some of these black and white principles, um, you know, basic things that we all know, but then the artist part of you you know, it's it's not the cookie cutter stuff. It's the the experimentation and um, design and all that stuff. So ha- have the mentality of both, and it's actually kind of fun. You know, you you see what works for you over time, and it's kind of a, a ongoing thing too. It's not just necessarily one day you have the exact perfect regimen or game plan or whatever right. it is. You're kind of experimenting over time, and then you find what works for you, and then if you need to tweak it eventually or refine it, then you do so. Can I add on to that too? That two things yep. you gain with that is uh, flexibility and resilience. Two, resilience, two, yeah. I like yeah. That. And when, when we're talking about flexibility and resilience, not physically, we're talking about with our mm. eating, right? Yep. Because 
And when we get down to it, these flexibility and resilience that you gain from this experimentation are going to be the more valuable aspects anyway, mm -hmm. because you'll always be able to adapt, yep. right? Absolutely. All right, everyone. If you liked our content and you enjoyed the so show, excuse me, go ahead and give us a follow on our show if you haven't. And then if you could scroll down to the bottom of your phone there and leave us a five-star review, that would be greatly appreciated. It's going to help grow the show tremendously. You can find us on Instagram at Mission Driven Made. We would love to connect with you. And we started a free online fitness community called The Forum. The so it's forum. a place. Yes, The Forum. It's a place where you can go on with other listeners of the podcast and converse and ask Clayton and I questions. Anything that's fitness, nutrition, health, mindset, or just life stuff, you can ask us questions on there. We're going to be on there every day uh, checking in, posting, and just communicating with you. Everyone's welcome, whether you are a fitness enthusiast, whether you are just learning about fitness, or you are someone that participates in fitness every once in a while. All of you are welcome. We would be happy to have you. So you're going to find a link for that also in the show description. All right, everyone, we hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. We love all of you. And until next time, stay mission driven.